Hey, you're listening to The Real Kathy Lee on the Ultimate Homeschooling Radio Network. Thanks for joining me as I share my mom sessions. It's basically my imperfect journey of motherhood. Be prepared to laugh, maybe cry, but hopefully you're going to be encouraged as I share my failures, successes, and offer some tips I've learned along the way. And remember, you've got this. Okay, good morning. So if you've been listening on a regular basis, last few weeks you have had Arlene and Jamie, and they have been like wild nights at the hotel. We were silly, silly girls. Well, this morning we might be the complete opposite, at least getting started. One of the best things about this job is you get to meet the coolest people, and I know I say that all the time, but so right now, sitting at my house, nope, it's not Ashley, who's usually the one that's visiting, it is the one and only Holly Giles. And it's early. It's 7.43 in the morning. Well, that's early. We're showered and dressed and ready for a homeschool conference here in Atlanta. And Holly and her family, they're crashing at my pad. And I love it. So they are here. And I'm so glad they're here. So we thought, well, you know what? If you're going to hang out here, we better record a podcast. So that's what we're doing. So Holly Giles, welcome. Good morning. Thank you. I'm drinking Kathy's coffee and sitting in her office. <laughs> it's pretty funny, it's right? A lovely. I love it. Having it, a great time. It is great. So um, Holly and I met a few years ago in Florida at a special needs conference. And it was funny. I remember walking by her booth going, huh, that looks familiar. <laughs> so if ever you're at a conference and you see a booth that looks like the homegrown preschooler, but it's not the homegrown preschooler, most likely it's the Giles Frontier. Now, we did not collaborate in the, on this. We did not compare notes. We just, I guess, had similar taste in decorating. So it was super funny. So we have some of the exact same things, and it's like, huh, we think alike. So we, do, we knew we were meant to be friends um, at that point. So we have become friends, and it is fascinating to hear her story. So we were just chatting before we hit record. You know, what do you want to talk about? And she just blurts out part of her story. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to talk about that. We got to tell people about that. So, Holly, let's um, let's tell people who you are, what you do, and then we're going to just, I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions, and we're going to talk and sip our coffee, hope the dogs stay away, the all right. kids stop playing pool, <laughs> all the fun stuff going on outside these doors. All right, Holly, go. Well, I am married to Curtis. We've been married for 22 years. We live in Florida, actually, and we have two boys. Right now, they're 11 and 14, and I never saw myself as a homeschool speaker, author, any of that stuff, but it happened. Our oldest son, Grayson, had a stroke at birth, and that sort of turned our world upside down, Mm. and we didn't know where to go and what to do. We just sort of, uh, basically, our school system told us, Homeschooling would be better for him. Huh. And Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> so we did. I went home and I bought a curriculum and made a school room and a school desk. And that just did not work for us. And so that's really where our story begins is figuring out what worked for Grayson and going from there and then meeting families who felt the same way. Yeah. So when we were talking about, okay, what do we title this one? And we came up with schooling out of the box. Really, that's exactly what you've had to do. You, like you said, you bought a curriculum that didn't work. So then, where did you go? So Grayson was a very quiet. Um, you know, he didn't smile. He didn't talk really very much. But when we were outside, he just beamed with curiosity. There was something about the outdoors that made him come alive and curious about the world. Like he would ask a bazillion questions. He's one of those kids that ask questions all day long that are completely unrelated and then you go to bed exhausted from the mental exertion. (laughs) This is why we have big cups of coffee this morning. Yes. 
So that was him. And as he was growing, reading aloud, he loved to be read to. So that's what we did in his early years. And then, of course, my mindset, I public school kid, you do school. You sit, you know, you do that kind of stuff. And that's really when he kind of withered. And yeah. so I thought, okay, if he loves to be outside, how can I educate him in that way? And I just started taking a path that was different from everyone. And so, you know, I didn't really want to tell people that we're doing everything outside. We're going to the farmer's market to do math. Yeah. And we're going to the boat ramp to fish and learn about science. And, uh, you know, all those different things worked for him. And so we just sort of stepped away from what everyone else was doing. I love that you did that. And let's back up to the early years since that's my love um, yes. for just a minute. And you said the very thing. In fact, I'm getting ready to talk this morning. You're getting ready to talk today. In my talk, we talk about becoming lifelong learners. And I promise that's exactly what I say. If you do nothing else, take your kids outside and read aloud. Yes. Do those, if you do those two things, their brain is going to be nourished and nurtured, and it's going to wake up and be ready for abstract learning later. That is what is necessary if you want lifelong learners. So, without knowing, just yes. watching your child and cueing in, and that is so the key, watching your child and cueing in, and then adjusting your teaching. So, you are a rock star just for doing that, and I know Leslie, similar. You and Leslie have similar paths, mm -hmm. my business partner, and I love that she did that too. I know when her son was diagnosed on the spectrum, she did the same thing. She's like, all right, well, the regular doesn't work for us. Then what do I need to do to teach this child? And she has done a beautiful job as well. So I'm so impressed with women uh, like you that do that. So what did you do after that? So you went outside, and how do you teach math at the farmer's market? Let's just ask <laughs> so, the obvious question. You know, we want to put our kids in a workbook to learn math, but as you know, as an early educator, they can't do that. You know, they need to be hands-on and learning concrete. Yes. So I give them money. Okay, we're going to go and buy our fruits and vegetables. Well, that boy could eat, and he always loved to eat. So, mm -hmm. hey, if I'm I think a, he yeah. still loves yes. to eat having him here at my house. I think he's eating Kathy at home. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's what we did. And I also, from a young age, I wanted to get him out of his shell. Not yeah. that I was forcing him, but... Farmers markets are a great way to learn to speak with people because generally those people are really nice, right? You know, and yeah. they want to share and they want to, and they're actually teaching, you know, they teach you about the food. And so it was an amazing place to not feel, you know, stuck in a room and to be out and learn from people and learn about food. Where does food come from? And, mm. you know, trying different things. So we still do that. Absolutely. And I yeah. love what you're saying too. Again, I'm just going to keep going back to lessons, <laughs> but you're not even talking about this. I mean, you are, but you're not labeling. I'm going to label it the social emotional development right. that you are doing by taking them to the farmer's market. And we discount that as parents often that taking our children out, having them converse with people of all different ages, different backgrounds develops their social emotional skills. It helps them um, communicate better. It helps them become leaders, if you will, because they are comfortable standing before a stranger, even in a farmer's market. That's what they're doing, having a conversation. They have to think of that conversation. They've got to be comfortable with the words that they use. So you're building vocabularies. They learn different words from different people. Different cultures use different words. Yes. Um, so I think that's fascinating that you, again, did that kind of I don't want to say haphazardly, but kind of but not it was. really. Yeah, not really you know, knowing. It was just something for us to do that was working. Mm -hmm. And then later, you know, 
as he's growing, I realize, wow, that really works. So I just started keeping notes on the stuff that we did. And when I meet moms today now, they're like, well, how do I write that down? How do I get that in my logbook? And if they can't do it, they're afraid. But the results are absolutely amazing. So now he works in our booth. He's like the best salesman. He's my best salesman. I know. I mean, he sends people over to my booth. And people keep coming up going, well, someone over there. It was a young man, maybe Grayson. I'm like, yep, that would be him. In fact, yesterday we're setting up. He's like, you know, Miss Kathy, do you have any brochures or things I can give people in the booth? I loved it. So he does. this. If you would have told me this kid was shy, this child had to learn out of the box. I would have totally said you were lying to me because I'm interacting with him. I definitely would have gotten the fishing thing because he's yes. been fishing in the pond and caught massive fish that we didn't even know existed. So, um, yes, I think here's the thing I have learned or I've watched from moms when I share kind of the same thing in homegrown preschool. We're playing and they're like, what, what? You're playing? How is this learning? It almost seems too good to be true. Right. We think we have to torture them with workbooks. We think if we're not torturing them with a big, thick workbook, then we can't say at the end of the year, slam, workbook done, we've done it. They're not sure that doesn't fit in their box as a parent or as an educator. And so it's not only schooling the children out of the box, it's helping the parents realize what that looks like to be comfortable with owning that. How did you do that? When people would question you and go, what curriculum do you use? How did you I know, that? it was like, well, I kind of used a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And honestly, it, it didn't happen overnight. I mean, we were kind of like, um, uh, oh, yeah, I, I use so-and-so like everybody else does. But when we saw the results, we what we had to learn was that we were not bringing school into our home. Our home really was a lifestyle of learning. Yes. And that's what we talk about is you can't, you can't, well, you can, you can set up school at home if you want. But I think your children are so much richer in life if you can just live your life and the learning kind of comes along the way. Everyday routine, you know, the errands you run, the people you meet, all those things are shaping them into incredible human beings, ready, you know, more ready than staring at workbooks. Well, and the thing that I'm hearing, and I've been saying it in our podcast recently, is I'm talking to executives all over the country, and what they are telling me is (laughs) the people, the kids, I call them kids, the young adults are hiring aren't problem solvers. They're not critical thinkers. Boy, they can rattle off the textbook answer, but if something comes at them that wasn't in the textbook, they are paralyzed. And so what I see kids have learned this way out of the box is um, hands-on, this open-ended type process-focused learning. They're able to do that. They're problem solvers. They They can look at a situation and go, huh, I think we need to do this and done. And they have the confidence to take that risk. That's the other thing they're saying. That the young adults today, they're terrified they're, right, to take the risk. Because they haven't had the chance to do that. To do that, we've shut them down. Mm-hmm. We, the adults, shut down our risk takers. I think kids are born risk takers. And I think it's us who go, no, 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 we're not going to do that. that. you got to do this. Right. I think what happens is families get so like, okay, if I don't structure and schedule every moment, yes, then they're not going to know what to do and they're going to be bored. Absolutely. I tell families, let your kids be bored. And they get like the deer in the headlights look. And they're like, what does that mean? Like if you give them everything, they're never going to figure it out on their own. And I use a simple illustration of dress up clothes. Um, When I was a little girl, I wanted to be Wonder Woman. In fact, at this very moment, (laughs) under these boots, I have a Wonder Woman sock. I kid you not. Um, But I want to be Wonder Woman. 
And so I was Wonder Woman. I made my own aluminum foil wristbands. I made my cape out of a sheet. And I was Wonder Woman. But I had to figure out how does how that do look? That. How do I become that where our kids today, a kid are like, I want to be Wonder Woman. We're like, I'll be right back. Let me, Let me go buy it. And get it yeah. and here you go. So we have taken out the most important step of that role play. And it is that critical thinking of figuring out, huh, what do I need? So I think that's another thing that we are lacking. That simple to change, adjust in our mindset, but we a lot of times we just don't know. We think we're doing the right thing, going to get them the dress up clothes. Right. Her dress up is right. great, but it's that step of trying to create. And that's why I love you is we're the same as far as unstructured play. I mean, yes. to us, that has been, it helps them figure out who they are. It does. And what they're meant to be. Uh, and we have seen so many things come out of our children that we would not have known otherwise if we didn't allow that time for them. And it's kind of guiding them early into the things that they are interested in. And I think if you recognize that early, uh, most of the time, what I have seen people become, um, who they're meant to be, the ones that do that, they knew early on that's what they wanted to do. Yes. Very few go, well, at 23... I had this epiphany that I wanted to be a chef. Now, sometimes that happens, but often it was a kid who was always in the kitchen early on. They were cooking. They were bugging their mom. Mom, will you teach me this? Will you do that? Now, the difference is when the mom keeps going, no, no, get out of my kitchen. At some point, they'll go, okay, never mind. Never mind. I'm moving on a different right. path. But if you will recognize what it is that's like driving them, what would you say are driving your boys? I mean, I, I have an inkling just the yes. time I've been. So when Grayson was five, he told us he wanted to be a professional outdoorsman. Oh I had no goodness. idea what that meant. And you know, it's like, oh, that's cute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come over here and let's do math. <laughs> so right, right. I wasn't always that way. But as he grew and he's eight, still, I'm going to be a professional fisherman. He is uh, made a plan to catch the largest bass in our lake that he knew was there, that no one else had ever seen. He studied the moon phases, the water temperature. And, and I, you know, he was eight years old. And I was like, okay, you got to come in and do math. You can't be out here all day, you know. And when he caught that bass, I realized, wow, okay, maybe he really does know who he is. Mm. And I am not seeing that. That gives me big you know? chills. I look at the chills all over me. <laughs> um, I love that because that's hilarious. He came here, yeah. caught the biggest <laughs> fish in our pond. And when I love those, when he came back, he's like, and dad, and I tried this lure and it was dancing at the top. Or maybe I thought if I adjusted this one and you could just, he was like rattling on and my kids are looking at him like, wow, that's a big fish. Cause it's not their thing. They love fishing, but they but don't done, put in right. all the stuff around it right. to really do it well. Whereas I see in my Henry, he is my sports info maniac and you rattle off any sports, uh, figure in the basketball world, football world, that boy can tell you every detail because he loves it. We haven't poured that all over. We haven't vomited that information right. on him. He, he is just so loves fascinated it. by it. So I know I've mentioned we're going to try and start a YouTube channel with him to give him another avenue to use that information. And you let your dude take right. his fishing pole all over the country <laughs> and try and fish. So again, it's those simple recognize who they are. And then what I, I think I see us as this little... Um, were these people just behind them just to go, you got this, you got this, yes. you got this. That's our job. You got this. Go to be who you're meant to be, not, hey, I envision right. what I want you to be. Right. What I want you to be. president of IBM. So in order to do that, we're going to do Latin three days a week, and then we're going to do math. Da -da -da. And we have this plan set for you. Meanwhile, your kid's like, I just want to go fish. I just want right. to go fish. And we know that people, yeah. especially our men who stereotypically are the breadwinners 
Um, and or, typically, right? I mean, I hate to be stereotypical, but it's true. Yeah, and, and they want them to have a job that they can right. take care of a family, and you, right. it's hard to see outside. Mm-hmm. But what I think is important, too, is, you know, it's never too late mm-hmm. to look at your kids that way. And then when Absolutely. you do, what's amazing is when we decided, okay, maybe this kid does know what he's talking about, when we allowed that, People started coming in as mentors and really building these skills that uh-huh. he wanted that we couldn't provide. And don't be—I love that—and don't be afraid of that. Yes. In any area of your life, like I know, even my teenage girls right now. I mean, their cheer coaches are there—they love those cheer coaches, and they might shoot them a text if they're struggling. And it would be easy for mom to go, "Wait a minute, what am I yeah, doing about wrong?" Me? <laughs> and you know what? Instead, I go, "Oh my goodness, I am so thankful for women who are willing to pour into my girls because." Our kids have different personalities, and sometimes ours is not the best. That's an education. And yes. so don't be scared if you say, you know, we need to go find a professional fisherman to help Grayson out. Or we do um, find people to support our children along the way in areas we can't. Don't be scared of that and think, oh, no, I'm not homeschooling if I go get this tutor or this. You don't have to do that, but you might need to as they get further down their path towards their goal if you're right. not equipped. So I think... Um, I would recommend not be yeah. scared of that either. So I have one quick story for you that really kind of was a light bulb. Okay. So at age eight, Grayson's life dream was to tan a deer hide. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. so I'm like, okay, that's not in my curriculum. Yeah. So no, I'm no. just thinking that's not happening for you. Yeah. <laughs> and he was passionate about it. And I started praying for God to help him find new hobbies that we were comfortable with. Because sure. I wasn't comfortable with that. Yeah. And, you know, can he find something that we can all enjoy, blah, blah, blah. And a few right. months went by, the house next door to us sold. We went over to meet the new owners who just, they really live in Pennsylvania. It's a, a, you know, vacation spot. We're sitting there, and Grayson was also into archery. And so the uh, Fred, the husband, he says, um, are your kids interested in archery? I have been a teacher for years, and I love to teach kids. And I was like, are you really? Did he just say that? Then he turns to the boys, and he says, are you interested in hunting? Because I just got back from an elk hunt in Colorado. You want to see More the pictures? Yeah. Uh, so this man, on one of his vacations, spent two full days. He brought down two deer hides and spent two full days teaching my son how to tan. I'm going to cry. And that is when I'm like, okay, I get it. <laughs> if you allow them to love what they love, the people will come. And teach them. Oh my gosh, I have tears in my eyes. I, that's, yeah, you summed it up. This is why we're friends. The, I, <laughs> <laughs> so even though I don't like it, yes, it's okay. He it, does, and I can nurture him and allow other people. To and I him. love to hear the stories. And, uh, yeah, I go back to Henry. And I talk about Henry the most because he's my youngest. And he's, he's my And cousin. I love Henry, by the way. Oh, I think I'm going to take him home with oh, me. <laughs> some days I might just pack him up and send him. He's um, welcome. Astronomy is his other love. And so when we were just at the beach a couple weeks ago, we had sky view. And we are all sitting out late at night because we had a great spot. And it was hilarious if you could have seen us. Now, we had our phones out, but we had the sky view app. And we were, like, trying to find <laughs> the star. And if there were people watching us on our deck, they're like, what is happening? <laughs> but we were all so obsessed with helping him find different things in the sky. And it drew the – I mean, it brought all of all us together, together trying to just – do this for Henry, and Henry was beside himself, and he's teaching us, and I mean, I'm like, this kid knows more about astronomy than his old mama, but that's I enjoy okay. learning, and that's yeah. the other thing, don't be scared to learn with them, don't yes. go, oh my gosh, I don't know anything about that, well, give it a try, you might find that you like it, I found it fascinating, 
you know, and I mean, you might not, you might not ever want to tan a deer hide. Well, I have, I have scraped them. I have oh. done a little bit, oh. you know, cause you have to show them that you support them. Absolutely. You know? And so if you got to get your hands dirty, you got to do it sometimes. And that's like okay. Eating the broccoli in front of them. Yeah. You hate it to get them to like it. <laughs> but I, um, yeah. So don't be scared to learn with them. So many parents are like, I don't know anything about that. How do I teach it? Well, be willing to say, okay, yeah. let's do it together. I just bought a new, uh, Foreign language. I don't know if you were you out to Houston. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the talk, talk yes, box. Talk, yeah, mm, talk box. Is that what it's called? Yeah. It's just gonna be so frustrating. I don't say her name right. But I just bought Spanish um, because I've got grandbabies who are learning Spanish dual language. They're you know with all my boys from Guatemala, and then I bought the Japanese one for Grace because she wants to do makeup in Japan. And so I am like, okay. And I sent a picture to my daughter-in-law, and I sent her the Spanish one, and she goes, who's this for? I'm like, me. It's for me. So I can talk to the babies so yeah. that I can, you know, help raise those grandbabies in their, you know, both their languages. So anyway, it's fun. Learn alongside. We're not too old to learn. No, and that's the best part for us is I've learned so much in the last 14 years than I ever did, and I love it. I love yeah. it. And, you know, we're just all on this journey together. And there's no perfect way to do it. But I think the key is being willing to go out of the box. Would you yes. say? And we're all going to make mistakes, and that's okay. I mean, oh, that's okay. I've made enough for yeah. everybody else. I mean, that's okay. That's how you learn, isn't it? Uh, and it is, but we're afraid to do that. Yeah. But we want our kids. It's okay. If they make a mistake, get up and keep going. I just talked to a dear friend yesterday. She is a young adult, and um, she was raised in a homeschooling family, a uh, large family, and we talked briefly, but she said that she had struggled as a child because with all those children, she never felt loved. Even though she knew her parents loved her, good parents, yeah. but um, they were so busy focusing on the rules of right and wrong yeah. that she any wrong felt so big. And I think we get caught up in sometimes saying, okay, I have this list of things I want to get accomplished. If I'm going to homeschool, I want this right and wrong. And my kids need to do all the right. And we're going to focus on that. And her parents are phenomenal parents. That was never their intention. I'm sure it would break their right. heart if they, if they knew that's how they Maybe they do know. But but I think we all get guilty if we, get our, we have our own expectations of what this journey is going to be like. Whether it's this, the social aspect, the spiritual aspect, the academic aspect of it. We have all of these expectations. And without knowing it, we can pour that on our kids and put so much pressure on them that we get lost in what really this journey is about. And so I think you have done a great job of just saying, okay, I'm open. This may not have been the journey I envisioned, right. <laughs> no, but I'm but... Hoping, open to go where it needs to yeah. go. And I think that that's what I would say to parents is be willing. It is. And what a... we've learned is that it's not about the books. It's not about the math. It's about your relationship with your kids. And at the end of the day, if you've got that, then the rest is going to come. Well, yeah, and you know, I always say we go after our hearts in our family. I'm yes. going after the hearts. The yes. outside, they might look like a hot mess like their mama because I am as hot mess as it gets. But if you get to know me, you know I'm pretty much just a softie that wants to love. Yeah. And um, that's what I want for my kids. I want them to know their love so that they are freely able to give love in their work life, in their home life, um, in every area. And I think that comes with a lot of, you know, just being willing to think outside the box and being willing to meet them where they are. Yes. So. All right. Well, we did it. We've now got to get going. and Got to go. Stand up for the next 10 hours. So think about us. <laughs> think about us, please. This. Hopefully we survive for another broadcast. Thanks for listening. Holly. Oh, wait. Real quick. Where can they find you? Oh, oh, I don't oh, want to oh, miss that. Oh, yes, please come see us at thegilesfrontier.com. 
And we'd love to have you. Come see us. Check what us about out. about social media? You're all over we social are media. We are the Giles Frontier everywhere. Instagram, Giles Frontier, Facebook, the Giles Frontier. Oh, aren't Frontier. you so lucky that you don't have like Kathy Lee as a name? Because there's, you can there's a bunch of creative, Kathy Lee's So that's why there. I'm the real Kathy Lee, right? Not the fake one. Not the fake <laughs> the real, one. The real Kathy fake one. one. All right, Holly Giles, you are a rock star <laughs> the Giles Frontier. I am so glad you were here. Thank to you. Stay with me in the podcast. See you guys. You've been listening to The Real Kathy Lee. This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschooling Radio Network. To find out more, check out therealkathylee.com. You can download us every Friday on iTunes or your favorite app to listen to the podcast. Hey, if this hot mess can rock motherhood, so can you.